uh, I, I, I'm missing a couple feet, a foot. I'm missing a foot, not in terms of feet. Not an appendage. In terms of height. <laughs> he said, I'm missing a I'm foot. I'm definitely missing Not a in foot. terms of feet, which is still confusing the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing a foot. Only it's not a foot, but it's a foot. When you say in terms of height, we could still be talking about the one because you would be shorter if you were missing a foot. So we do, hey, this is Josh. Hey, this is Danny. We're not beneath, and this is our chapter. Yeah. Nailed it? Nailed it? You didn't say the name of the right? podcast, though. Oh, no, we don't We don't mention the name of it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, would, so, I would consider it a personal favor. You'd say the name of the show you're on. Unless we switch. <laughs> Hi, that's Josh King. Hey, that's Danny Pelletier. And we're not, not beneath. beneath. Oh, and this is our chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Are you being realistic? As the story grows. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. It's, I think it's fair to say that we are definitely not beneath. So should we say we're in the band? Not we are the band, not beneath. Correct. Okay. We are beneath. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh no. Yeah, that's right. We're we're beneath. Yeah. This is gonna get confusing because if you say we, yeah, we are not there's already math. turning into a problem. There's math involved. If we are, if you say we are not beneath, then people are gonna be like, okay, so their band name isn't called Beneath. What's the name of their band? <laughs> There's another aspect we didn't think of. <laughs>
back to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name's Trav. This is my first. Uh, this is my first chapter of 2018, and it's off to a it's off to a blazing start with these two clowns that I found online. Um, I wish you all could see this. I should put my YouTube channel back up just to show you how cute they look. They have matching Cleveland Indian hats. I think they went. They got the same glasses from Warby Parker. They're wearing matching strong arm shirts. They both have the exact same beard. And um, and they're just they're just adorable. I love it. Just just do this up. <laughs> it's weird. It's like there's something wrong with my camera. It's kind of like um, like the amusement park matching couple. Yeah, yeah. You're wearing jeans. I'm wearing jeans. Yeah, do you have black socks. No. Oh, I'm wearing black. Are socks. Are you wearing your fanny pack? Yes. You, Great. You two look like. You two look like twins, and you have those parents that dress you the same, and everybody hates them. They hate the parents. They hate the kids. They're just like, that whole family sucks. We we hate us. <laughs> Nobody hates us more than we do. How are you guys doing, man? We're doing great, yes. man. Ha- Excellent. Happy New Year. How- Happy New Year. How are you? I'm all right. I'm doing all right. I'm sorry I had to cancel on you guys. Uh, we were supposed to record three nights ago, but... uh. Dude, I I was so sick. I have what everybody has, so I think the coughing will be at a minimum. <laughs> now no, he's doing it. Oh great! Yeah, I mean you you had to say that, and then of course I had to cough. Daddy said he's on he's on a steroid inhaler because it's uh it's 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 in Ohio too, kids. Be safe. Drink yes. your orange juice. Wash your hands. So anyway, yeah. sanitize. So, Josh and I have known each other for a long time. We used to roll around and play similar shows and um, play Cornerstone together. Oh, yeah. Did all kinds of stuff. It was pretty crazy. And um, he gave me a heads up three years ago, maybe? Yeah. That uh, he was uh, involved in a musical project. And I said, I want to play drums. And he was like, we're, we're, doing, we're doing program drums. And I've been bothering him ever since for me to play drums, and he just wouldn't <laughs> let me do it. So I was mad at Josh, and I wouldn't talk to him for a long time, and there was a falling out. I call those the dark years. <laughs> None of this is true. But they're done. The album is finished. These two clowns have pulled their act together, and it's called Not Beneath. And they sent me, uh, uh, forwarded me a copy of it, and I got to tell you, you two, as adorable as you look, are on to something. I dig this stuff. This is really good stuff. I'm impressed. I really like it. So so anyway, usually there's one person on the show and we do the whole like, hey, where did you get your first guitar? How did this all get started and everything? But let's uh, let's talk about how you two know each other and kind of give us the background on what bands you were in because there's going to be some local Ohio folk that know all this stuff and everything. So take it away, gentlemen. All right. Well, um as you alluded to, we've probably known each other since like the late nineties, like ninety nine, two thousand. That's not, probably not, maybe even ninety eight. No, I joined Crutch in October of ninety nine, so I probably f- okay. finally started getting big enough shows to make it out to you guys in two thousand. Sounds right. I had seen Crutch without you. Oh wow! Before I, I had, uh, I didn't even see Crutch without me. Yeah. I I saw Crutch without you on drums at the Screaming at the Sky Fest in man 
I can't remember what what town that is in PA. Lebanon. But yeah, yep, Lebanon. Yep. And uh, that's that's where I met Seth W for the first time. Right on. He was in Pink Daffodils. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, like all those bands back then, like 121 was from was out there all the time, yeah. and um, so I was in a band called Vessel. Yes, I was the drummer. Yes, uh, that was that was my high school band. That uh, you know, I I learned how to play drums while playing. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I I knew how to play some drums. I learned how to play drums, though. You know what I mean? Right, like right. you you start with very little skill. And at, at, by the end, you kind of have some skill, you know. <laughs> You're selling yourself quite short. <clears throat> so you had some slippery feet, in, there, young man. <laughs> yeah, I've been told that before. Pretty quick. Pretty. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, I mean, I, I had the vessel, the uh, the single. I had the vessel full length, and then you guys released that one single. If memory serves, I think it's called Insurrection. It is insurrection. That song was no joke, Cat. That song was seriously good. Recorded with Shiggle, right? We recorded everything with Shiggle. Okay, right. Well, yes, I don't know. So Ben Ben well, no, Shiggle of Spider Studios up in Cleveland. Okay, uh, bunch of bunch of dudes recorded there. Uh, the first Zayo full length was recorded yeah, there. All else failed. Didn't. All else failed. Um, but so I kind of know you and your cousin Steven. He was in Tantrum of the Muse. Yep. Vessel and Tantrum did a ton of shows ton together, yep. and we. We we loved those guys, you know what I mean, yeah. and it was like family yep. when we went out to the East Coast, and so you know you're kind of like extended family for me. So oh it's it's good. It's good. It's a good feeling.
But at that very same time that I was in Vessel, uh, I met Danny, who was uh, playing with a band called Outcry out of Cleveland. Okay. And I'll let him tell you a little bit about that, I guess. I think think we met in like 98. Yeah. Summer 98 through Matt DeBenedictus. Um, I remember him. And Matt DeBenedictus wanted us to do a split 7-inch with Vessel. And said, "Hey, you know, you got to meet these guys." And he took me to Josh's house. So I met Josh for the first time in his bedroom. Um, it's getting hot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember his black drum set pretty much right up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, we and wrecking the drywall with the lugs. Right? Yeah, I had, gra- um, I had braces. For and sure. yeah, I mean, we we hit it off. Pr- well, our, our bands, you know, we we definitely hit it off pretty well. And. Um, of course, decided that we were going to move forward with the uh, my only Solus seven inch, and um, we played Cornerstone together that year. With there was um, that was not well, no, it wasn't that. It was the the following year we we played Cornerstone, and it um, they had the raffle for who was going to play the impromptu stage. I remember and all this. Wow! Outcry won the raffle, and we had I think twenty minutes, something to that degree, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we didn't want. I remember we didn't want Vessel to to not have an opportunity, so we loaded up all of our gear. We played like two songs, and Vessel played two songs, and then it was and then it was over. And- Outcry was over shortly, sh- kind of shortly after that. Okay. It, um, so you mentioned October 99 is when you started in Crutch, That's right? That's when I joined, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Outcry broke up on my birthday in 99, November 6th. Oh, <laughs> ow. Yeah. That sucks. I know. It did suck. <laughs> is out- I was not happy Is Outcry just such <laughs> a good band name that I feel like I knew about you guys? Or were you guys on a comp or something like that? Outcry rings... A distant bell, but I can't place it. Well, we both. Um, well, no, no, because you weren't in, in Narcissus at the time. <clears throat> Narcissus and Outcry were both signed to a label called Clenched Fist, and it was headed up by a guy named Rudy in North Carolina, and that's really all I know or remember about the label. Um, so we both. Well, I think Narcissus released a full length, and we released an EP. Yeah. Uh, on Narcissus put out a uh, Narcissus EP. Did. Yeah, that was their and forthwith came out Blood and Water. Yep. EP. It was like oh, it wasn't. EP, I yeah. want to say it was five or six songs. I don't remember. I think any of the Narcissus guys. Sorry, I, I can't remember. Okay. It's my bad. Uh, whatever. I think Crutch was on the Living Sacrifice tribute for Clenched Fist because of Narcissus. I think that was our bridge into that into that into that family. Okay. All right. That makes sense to me. That that sounds right. I would love to find out what happened to Rudy. Hmm. If you know anything about Rudy, I didn't even or... know the guy's name was Rudy till you just said. It. As a matter of fact, I'm taking your word for it. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, 
we we went like outcry went to do some some shows in uh was supposed to be north carolina south carolina and virginia beach and um our van broke down and big shocker a band's band breaks down that's crazy there's a pretty incredible story related to that um that maybe we can get into but um it ended up taking such a, a huge toll on the band and it ended up dividing us so, so much. I mean, we were in our late teens, early twenties that we really just didn't know how to cope, um, from dealing with all of that, okay. um, okay. from all the adversity and then the band split up. Um, a lot of that I can definitely say was on me. I wasn't exactly the <laughs> most pragmatic, um, I was kind of the jerk in the band. Oh, I kind of felt like I was putting in so much effort, and then I started to feel more entitled that everybody else wasn't putting in. I mean, even though that wasn't true, you know, I I was so hyper dedicated that because everybody wasn't as hyper dedicated as I was, um, I started to get a little bit resentful, and that caused a lot, a lot of tension too. Okay. And, okay. and and then then we broke up. So from there, <coughs> so we became friends. Obviously, we we met through that that process we both our bands were on that split seven inch and we played a ton of shows together and i always thought to myself that danny pelletier that guy knows how to write some music i have a i had a feeling about him back in that day i don't know i know i really liked you as a as a drummer too kind of had a a drum drum crush on you, I guess. I, I, crush. I think I think at the, at that point we could have tried to put together like a Northeast Ohio super group, and I think it would have worked out really well of 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 members of bands that no one's heard of really. Right. So super group <laughs> in our minds, but the minds of no one else. So that's a bold statement. Exactly, that's a bold that. statement to put a foot forward and say we're a super group from this area. I know none of you have ever heard of us, but trust us we're a super group it's super group in our own that's mind that's ballsy yeah exactly yes um but yeah so outcry broke up yeah you guys went on to make north meadow park right uh you and john and some other guys right so john was uh the singer for outcry and i really liked working with him and previous to um Outcry, I was in a band called Gadfly, and it was more like a rap core kind of-ish band. We really liked Wu-Tang. We really liked Biohazard, but we also really liked Gorefest. So um, it didn't really end up working out very well. Um, so I did Outcry, which was more kind of up my alley. It was kind of more like the metal core um, that I wanted to do. Okay. But then when we did North Meadow Park, it kind of became this – Oh gosh, this cacophony of of like of metal, but very Mr. Bungle influenced. Wow. You said the B word. Um, now you've gotten my attention. It was it was, it was very it was very strange, but so we ended I'll, up doing that for I'll a couple just years. Never, I'll never forget the show that I showed up to, and you were in corpse paint, and yeah. Scotty was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah, oh, was it? That was Mike. Oh, was it? That was Mike. Mike always wore the Hawaiian shirt. But yeah, so North Meadow Park, we'd wear corpse paint. One guy always wore a Hawaiian shirt. Sometimes we didn't. Sometimes sometimes we all dressed up in like V-neck sweaters. Slow down. And... Slow down. I have questions. Um, okay, all right. All did right. anyone ever have corpse paint and a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, that was Mike. Oh, so he wasn't like – it wasn't like you were like the West Borland of the group that dressed this way. <laughs> like it was Hawaiian shirts and, and, and grind paint? 
he always wore a Hawaiian shirt no matter what other theme we were doing. I don't even want to talk about Not Beneath anymore. <laughs> we got to get our thumbs into this head of lettuce right here. We, we did this one show where oh, I, I, can't believe, I can't believe nobody got hurt. But we found this little an, like anatomically correct baby doll at a thrift store. Watch it. Watch and it. somebody called him Baby Brian. And I don't know why we. I don't know why we did it, but we did. And somebody took Baby Brian's hand, which was like this, mm-hmm. and put a steak knife on it and wrapped it with electrical tape. And I don't know who had the bright idea of putting it on a microphone stand during one of our shows, but nobody got hurt at that show. Nobody got hurt at that show. But what was the point um, in bringing up that Baby Brian was anatomically correct? Because when you, because I just, I, hold on, hold on, for the next time you yeah. tell the story, when you brought up the steak knife, I instantly thought I knew where this was going, and I thought, I, I don't think I want to air this, <laughs> but okay, this didn't turn out as bad as I thought. It was just so odd, yeah, and that, that odd. was the summation of the band. Like we tried to be mm-hmm. as odd as possible. Um, do you have any recordings of this band? Yeah, we we do. We're gonna have to go ahead and send that over. We're gonna play it. Okay, all right, yeah. What's the, it's, what's, it's what's the name of this band again? North Meadow Park. We were named after this. Well, we we took the name from the street that we practice on. Oh, okay. For a long time. Yeah. So at the same time that he right. was in North Meadow Park, I had left Vessel, uh, and Why? I I guess if there were lots of reasons I left Vessel. Okay. Um, Pick the biggest one. But Probably, I just felt like it wasn't going where I wanted it to go. Okay. You know? And so I decided, I'm just going to go and try and just concentrate on college. Okay. All right. Like, I I love those dudes, you know? And we had a great time together. What was your singer's name again? Andrew. Dre, right? Yep, Dre. Dre yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dre T. And then Mad Dog Mike Fialco. Yeah. Was our guitar player. <laughs> he got. <laughs> he got that nickname. Uh, it might have been one of the first times we ever came out to play like a weekend with Tantrum, and so I don't even remember how it all happened, but. We were somehow we were staying in. Have you ever seen like those model homes that are just built on the outside and there's nothing inside? They're just like studs. Oh, and, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Floor. Like a movie it's set, a like a movie set house almost. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> so 
some kid from some other band said, hey, my dad builds these model homes. We can stay in one of them. So we, like, vessel, there's like no, tantrum, there's no kitchen. and this other band. There's no plumbing or kitchen or anything? Nothing. Nothing. It's just there's like, a shed. You can sleep in a giant shed, basically. <laughs> we basically slept in a giant shed. <clears throat> so there was like 15 or 16 guys all piled into this model home that's empty. I mean, just empty. And we're just all sleeping on, on plywood. You know? I think maybe I can't even remember, but I want to say that want to like the, the tantrum roadies lackeys whatever you may might refer to them as maybe do you remember bucky yes i remember bucky yep i can't remember i think bucky was with us too okay so i mean it was like a pile of folks uh and so mike mike was always older than everybody like he was he was i think I think he's like six or seven years older than I am. How old are you? I didn't know he I'm was that 38. 38. That puts him that puts him at 44, 45. I think he's probably about 45. Okay, all right. But he was always older than everybody that we were on the road with. Gotcha. And nobody wanted to quiet down and go to sleep. <laughs> and at some point he just snapped. And Everybody referred to him as Mad Dog because, I mean, he just was, you know, all right, everybody needs to calm down, you know. Band dad. And he was the band dad. He was. Gotcha. But we loved him for it. Yeah. He signed uh, – he started burning records and signed Crutch to our first official record deal. That's awesome, which was yeah. Which was record deal, which was Mike, you know, basically. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. He had, that is not the first time that he had financed, financed anything. Uh, the band that Vessel came out of, uh, Apathy Denied, had actually started with uh, Mike and a bunch of his buddies who went on to become Blood Has Been Shed. Okay, right on. Uh, so, like, uh, Howard Jones, Corey Unger, um, they, they were all in, in Ohio – and Mike was in a band with them and it just kind of like they left to go towards the New England area, Connecticut, I think. And he had, he financed one of the, or helped finance one of the records along the way. I remember, uh, it was a band called driven Mm -hmm. and he had, uh, fine. I'm not sure if he was like the sole financier for it, but you know, I think that he, I think he had an ear for, for, what people were doing and i think that he always wanted to help his buddies out so i'll tell you i'll tell you a quick story about him helping buddies out um when we played the decapolis stage at cornerstone yeah um i was uh we played and then vessel played and you guys had a uh well not you guys um vessel had a uh a fill-in drummer at that time uh vince I think you may be onto something. Did he play in flip flops? Yeah. Or sandals? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and his and his and his double bass kind of <laughs> sounded like I don't know, Flint. like somebody put a bunch of potatoes in a bag. A flammy. It was a little flammy. It was a little flammy. Yeah. yeah. But um, sandals will do. But uh, 
Yeah, it's the sandals. Yeah. They'll, hey, hey, just a just a pause. Drummers, don't play in sandals. Yeah, it's a pedal Thanks. on top of your pedal. You have to hit a pedal twice, and it makes everything flip flop. Literally, don't do that. Play barefooted, like a man. <laughs> um, we had finally had the opportunity to play Cornerstone, and they wanted us to use a backline kit. And yeah. I guess everybody, I guess everybody just has decided on the standard five-piece drum kit that comes in the catalog. And I had like, I had a missile shell on mine. Right. I had yeah. I had like three splash cymbals and a bell and two chinas. I had like this this crazy <laughs> tech metal hardcore kit, and I was like panicking because I'm like I can't. It's gonna take me make them understand. It's gonna take more time for me to figure <laughs> out how to set that kit up than if they just push that thing off the back of the stage and let me run. I'm on a cage. I'll have my kit up there in like 15 seconds. I've done this before, and and. <clears throat> I was, like, totally not flipping out, like, being the angry, like, you don't understand. I'm Travis Turner. I wasn't coming across like that as much as I was, like, uh-oh, I'm scared. I'm about to embarrass myself in front of people. And Mike made the whole problem go away. He paid the Cornerstone stage. He paid the Decapolis stage extra money to um, uh, run <laughs> run two different drum sets up there for our set and then Vessel's set. He made the whole problem go away. Probably out of his pocket because I'm sure we didn't make him any money. So. I'm sure that sounds like Mike. So if you're listening, Mad Dog, thanks. And I didn't know your nickname was Mad Dog until now, and I think it's really funny. But <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I left Vessel, and you, and and you joined a pretty big band. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, Along that along that way, you know, I had become pretty good friends with the guys in in Narcissus, yep. um, you know, and even before we would, you know, even think about being in a band together. I mean, like I remember just going to like comic book stores with those dudes and just going to buying comics and reading comics together, um, going to the mall and hanging out mm-hmm. and just doing nothing. You know, it was great. So there wasn't so, there wasn't like a huge transitional thing for you to leave Vessel, concentrate on college, and then eventually go to Narcissus. These are still like homeboys, like like up the street, same town kind of situations. It wasn't like Narcissus gave me a call and I moved halfway no. across Ohio or anything like that. Narcissus gave me a call and it it was like an hour drive to make it to practice. Got it for them uh, until until I moved out. You know this way, mm-hmm. but so yeah, I, they basically said, "Hey, we're working on this material. We need a bass player. Would you would you be into you know playing bass?" And I said, "Yeah, that sounds great." I had actually filled in for them uh, as a drummer um, right after Derek their their original drummer had left Um, and so Derek had left I was filling in on drums for him for I think I may have played five or six shows with him as the drummer and they had asked me to be the drummer at that point and I man I just didn't something about it just didn't didn't feel right to me Hmm. like there was nothing that I wanted more than to be in a band with those dudes but you know it was one of those like It just didn't. It just didn't sit right with me, 
and I felt like it, it wasn't supposed to be, you know, what I was supposed to be doing. As a drummer? So, or, yeah. Oh, okay. As a drummer. So you just felt like so, you're in the right situation, wrong seat, so to speak. Right. Gotcha. And so I, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do it. And then maybe, I don't know, this might be six months later. And uh, they're like, hey, you want to play bass for us? And I said, yeah, why not? So came out and started jamming with them. And they had already recorded or they were already in the process of writing um, what came to be becoming Leviathan. So um, I just hung around in the studio with them at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wasn't on that on that album. But that was the last thing that they did with uh, with Take Hold records mm-hmm. from down in down in Alabama before Take Hold got bought by got bought by uh, Tooth and Nail. Right. And so when when that got when that all went down, um, we kinda said, Hey Chad, Chad Johnson, he he ran he ran Take Hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went on to be a great A and R guy for Tooth and Nail. I mean he He's got so many great acts under his belt as far as like, hey, I found these guys and signed them and, you know, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I think that, I mean, Tooth and Nail turned around and offered us a contract. I think they offered everybody that was on the label a contract. I, I'm not sure about that, but, I mean, I think they even offered one to, to Tantrum. Yes, they did. Of the Muse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we both kind of turned them down and we just kind of said it would be awesome if you just kind of let us out of this deal and they they let us go and we were labelless for a little bit and um can i we, can i ask you a question right there yeah why why say why say no to uh the juggernaut that is tooth and nail what 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 wasn't right about the deal in in hindsight um Probably nothing. Okay. Um, but they, their standard, you know, offer is a lot more records than you want to sign for. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, what, that, that's the answer I was driving. I for. just know <laughs> so many dudes that they were like, just in, they were in so deep, and they were never going to get the amount of the amount of recordings that was on their contract they were never going to get them out right. you know and like look at look at like Zayo I mean Zayo had Zayo had a ton of recordings and it just felt like that contract had to have been up at some point and it, I, I have no idea when they actually got out right. but you know we just didn't feel like it was a good fit for us because okay. we didn't know we just didn't know anything, you know. Right. But we knew we didn't want to sign for five or six albums. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's crazy. somebody needed to offer us something better than that. And five or six albums isn't very lucrative to a band that feels like they're working their tail off. Right. And I, that's not me being like, oh, we're above tooth and nail because lots of bands would have loved to have gotten that record deal, you know. And we just wanted something different, I think. Right. Okay. So. Just wondering. We. We shopped it around and eventually got picked up by Abacus Recordings, which was an imprint of Century Media. Yep. And um, 
they re-released um, Becoming Leviathan with three added tracks, which to the entire world, I would like to apologize that we shoved those three tracks in there. The, I, I don't know that the other guys feel bad about this at all, but in, in hindsight, retrospect, man, we butchered that, and that shouldn't have ever happened. And so I apologize for not being like, no, this is dumb, guys. We really shouldn't do this. You know, don't, I, don't beat yourself up too much because the entire point of an album being released on a label and then moving to another label and them re-releasing it with extra stuff is just to goose the fan and try to get them to buy the same shit again. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's the whole reason that sports teams do the whole color rush thing. They look ridiculous. They look like a bunch of creamsicles, but they're just trying to sell more. <laughs> they're just trying to sell more jerseys. So the Thursday night football uniforms. There you go. So Ugh. so don't feel so don't feel bad about it because that was that was probably Abacus pressuring you for like just put something on there. Who cares? So you did. So whatever. Who cares? Don't worry about it. Nobody stopped listening to Narcissus. Yeah, I think they the, wanted to go. Nobody stopped listening to Narcissus over the three extra tracks on the Leviathan re-release. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably, you're probably right, uh, 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 but from an artistic aspect, I, I deeply regret <laughs> not saying. You know, maybe we should just tack these three songs. The problem was is becoming Leviathan stood on its own, um, in, in a really different way from I think a lot of the stuff that was getting put out at that point, yeah. and we were having a hard time figuring out how we would just add more material to it, right. you know? Right. So it was one of those situations where it's like, oh, yeah, let's just – we could stick this song in here mm -hmm. and this song in here. But I think that it kind of d damaged what it w originally was. Sure. and. I think that that album was awesome. I wasn't I wasn't involved in writing it or recording it, you know. I, but I loved I loved those songs, you know. Yeah. And I think that I think that that really stood apart from a lot of the the rest of that that band's discography, you know. It's something like a really different jumping off point. Right. So, and we were trying to do something, continue to do something different. I don't know that we ever got there i think that we wrote some some decent songs for the next the next full-length craven collapse mm -hmm. um there were definitely some i feel like well-developed thoughts there but you know in the end um i guess 2013 no not 2013 2003 sorry it's a long time ago uh so we <laughs> I ended up playing drums and Justin Carroll had uh, come back to town from PA uh, the plan was that it was going to be basically you know John, John and Justin back doing the things that they had been doing and I was going to play drums um, and 
at some point, yeah. you know, it just felt like I think I doubt myself as a drummer a lot, and I doubted myself a lot as a drummer trying to fill the shoes of Stephen Cushman, right. who, you know, whether whether you know, ah man, <laughs> it, I just didn't feel like I could play to the the level that he could. Um, but you know, I, so it it was it was me. I, it's funny. My my son was asking me, you know, who who quit the band? Whose fault is it that Narcissus broke up? And I was like, I guess I guess it's kind of mine, because I was the first one to be like, you know, guys, I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call it, because it just. I had I had lots of things going on, yeah. you know. I my my first kid was on its way, or his way, and uh, it just felt like it was a time to kind of step away. Because well, oh, isn't Stephen Cushman on Craven Collapse? Oh yeah. Well then, yeah. I never recorded anything with them as their drummer. I was their I I played bass on Craven Collapse. Justin wasn't on Craven Collapse. He was going to be in Narcissist after Crave came out. Correct. You left, and that and that started the whole unraveling. Justin Justin came out uh, and was going to be the bass player, right? And I was going to play drums, and then and then I left. Got it. And then everybody else just kind of like said, "Well, we're done." Got it. Got it. Got it. It kind of started when. We somehow contacted each other. It was it was Josh, me, and and um, and um, John Pope, um, also you know formerly of Narcissus, and we we're like you know we should start a band. We should do something. This is around ten years ago, but it never really materialized. And then five years or so after that, Josh contacted me and was like, "Dude, we really got to do something." And I was like, "You're really right. I think we do have to to do a band." And uh, um, we met. We met at a Panera. It was like 20, 2012 or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. twenty twelve. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, we got to do we got to do some music. So, kind of whenever any band is starting out, you know that you you have to kind of jam together and kind of feel each other out. What, what you know, where are we kind of going to go with this? Yeah. And it kind of took a little longer than we thought, yeah. <laughs> but it was just so much fun hanging out because we. You know, we'd we'd get together on Mondays. We'd make up new bands. We'd make up new song yeah. titles, and right. that's the that's the <laughs> thing is is we we tried to do this 
we tried to do this where we committed to each other that we'd get together once a week. And what happened a lot of times was we'd get this harebrained idea. Hey, you know what would be a really great band <laughs> is if we wrote a song about hot dogs. <laughs> and so we we have a we have a band called X Hot Dog X A D. Uh, That's another one of those grind bands that you're telling set, me about. To set you aside from X Hot Dog X. <laughs> was that the intention? Well, I mean, we, we really like Disciple. Yeah, X Disciple X A D. Not, not, not just Disciple. And, you know, like all these bands, like in the late 90s, we all used to play together. Like, I'll Cry would play with Zayo. I'll Cry would play with Narcissus. Narcissus was Zayo. And yeah. X Disciple X A D. And, like, we were all playing shows with each other. We all became pretty good friends. Yeah. I think, especially with Zayo. I mean, like, we're, you know, we're, we're boys with version one and version two. Yeah. Um, so, um,. It's like, so I don't know. We get, I forgot where I was going to relay that four months. We worked really super hard on it. Um, just to make sure that everything was right, right where we wanted it, right where it, it should be. We really, I mean, we, we probably did our least amount of revisions <laughs> to, to make this happen, but everything's really in, I mean, everything really on this album is very intentional. Um, you know, like how we wanted the guitars to sound intentional. The bass, it's it wasn't like we just recorded it and almost left it to the wind. I mean, we we really we really wanted there to be a lot of intent. You know, actually, you know, yeah. bringing that up too. Another huge holdup was vocals. Yeah. We didn't know how we were going to do vocals because you know we thought that it was potential that um, John Pope was going to do it. And it did that didn't end up working out. Okay. So we were like, oh my gosh, Not- we have to do them. Not that it didn't end up working out. Uh, what ended up happening is, is I, I think that the the longer this project went, the more it felt like we needed to retain control of it. Too. Yeah, you know, uh, simply because, like, man, I I love John. I and I think that he really wanted to do uh, do yeah, this I agree. too, but. It started feeling like, man, it was like it was like we, even with you, man, uh, you really wanted to do drums for this, mm-hmm. but man, it was so hard to like. We we took so long to get this done, and it was with us controlling all of it. Right. If we right. add more people yep. to this, yeah, yeah, it's it, gonna drag on the gonna, process too, right? Of course it is. And we had we had the idea in our we we had the idea in our head as to what we wanted our end product to end up being, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, uh, and we just set that goal of saying, "Listen, we're never we're never going to be able to get get this done if we're you know trying to get somebody else in here to write lyrics, and then what if what if they're not things that we agree with, you know?" <laughs> Right. Or yeah. what if they are, you know, what if we have to constantly like revise them okay. and then we've committed to saying, you know, yeah, this is part of our record now after yeah. we've spent right. years right. of, right. we have this, you know, we, really the bottom line was when we were getting together and saying, what do we want this band to be? Yeah. You know, we wanted to hearken back to, you know, the, the late nineties, the, you know that the spirit-filled hardcore, 
uh, uh, movement. The, you know, all those bands back then, Zayo, Strongarm, you know, like that first iteration of Zayo, man. I just, I remember spending so many, so many shows together with those dudes and, and all the guys at the shows. And it was like, it, it was like what I always wanted church to be like, except yeah. church was never that great. <laughs> right. It, no, no doubt about really, that. So, I mean, we're, really without that. it was painstaking. Doing this album was painstaking, and not from start to finish. I mean, start, you know, when everything's new, it's almost like, you know, like that new relationship. But then you got it like it's the war of attrition. Now it's it's fun. But do we really believe in this? Do we really want to get it done? So writing lyrics, I remember thinking to myself, like the older I get, the more logical and less emotional I get. Yeah. So I'm like thinking like, I don't agree with you, but I'll probably just get over it in a couple days. You know, like, like this is not, this is but not doesn't, working. It doesn't so. rhyme, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good <laughs> well, place to start. <laughs> you don't have to rhyme. It, but you don't have to rhyme. It, though, so. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I really hated that you did this, but um you know, not going to hate you for it in right. 48 hours, you know, it's, right. it's like, you, it's you, like, you just get over things more quickly. So I'm like, well, what, what, what possibly, what am I going to, what are we going to write about? Let me, let me explain uh, the forties to you guys. Cause you're 38. Um, you're too busy to, st- <laughs> you're, you're too busy to stay mad. Oh, well, right. That's I all mean, it you, boils you down stay- to is like, man, that really frustrates me. That really pisses me off. But I gotta go to work tomorrow. Whatever. I'm still right. gonna brush my yeah. teeth. That I mean, and, and like being Christians, like we're we're called to to love our people, love you know, love others, to to love our enemies. So you can't really be talking about how much you you hate something or somebody more, more somebody whether you hate somebody so much. So we're like, but there's so much of that venting. There's so much of that catharsis in, in metal and, and hardcore. They're like, we just we didn't know what what we were gonna do, but finally some things started to drop and and resonate. Right and um we're like yeah like we okay we think that this is really going where we want it to go then we started laying down the vocals and um things really started really 2017 is is when things started to fall into place and and really come together and we're like okay good we can stay focused this is this is it we're pushing forward and um so let's so let's (laughs) let's drill down a little bit then lyrically speaking what is what is the kind of the direction of this of this uh not beneath project Well, I mean, it's it's being that we're both Christians, it's it's Christian at the core. Okay. But um, like the the first track on the album, uh, Ebenezer, is um, well, like an, an Ebenezer is is a it's a pile of stones, it's a monument, and um, what um, at least I know Old Testament Jews used to do is whenever something. A very special happened. They would erect this Ebenezer, and that was their monument. Um, and for us, it's like we've met so many cool people over the years that have lost heart and um, become extremely jaded. You know, not just with the church, but just with Christianity in general. And in a way, we kind of—I kind of feel like a dinosaur. So. Um, that I'm one of the few who kind of survived the spirit-filled movement. But to okay. me, all of these things are Ebenezers to me. All the people that I met are are monuments in, in my life, and I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to, to add to that, too? Or Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot of that whole 
um, like hearkening back to these times and saying, you know, I I can't I can't just kind of pass this off to myself as co- as a series of really bizarre coincidences or you know um, or rule everything out because of science now or you know I just haven't I haven't been able to figure out um <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> now my dog's going at it. <laughs> Goodness gracious! That's all right. Um, we accept dogs on yeah, the show. Yeah, it, it was just it was just an attempt to be really honest about how I felt, and I just feel like I've got a lot of friends that have kind of, you know, moved away from moved away from faith, and I understand. I understand. You know, I think that we all struggle at some point or another. Mm-hmm. With with faith, I, I think that that's uh, a very natural natural thing, and I think that you know if you're not struggling with it on a daily basis, if you claim to be a Christian and you're not struggling with faith, you know at 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 some level, then you're a prosperity preacher. You, exactly, <laughs> right. uh, you should be probably pay, handing over most of your paycheck to Joel Osteen. <laughs> so. It it starts with that. I mean, like, so we it's being that we really wanted to, yeah, to hearken on that. That was like we were like, okay, well then let's let's pull from that. Let's pull from our our heritage and how we feel about that because really the the spirit filled hardcore movement is our heritage. So, so and, this is still you, you keep using the word hearkening. This is this is kind of a this is kind of a call to arms from how everybody felt in 1996, but. Yeah, you could say that. You guys are 20 years wiser and have been through it. Uh, you've been through the adulting and the childrening and all that kind of stuff. And, and you still, you, your faith is still where it was back then. Um, it's more matured. Yeah, well, definitely. Let's hope so. it's, sure, but yeah, okay, I mean, that's fine. You know, there was a lot of emotion back then, and now there's a lot more, um, I guess, logic. You know, there's, um, okay. you know, I, I don't want to totally diametrically oppose them, but it, 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 there is a, a juxtaposition to be said about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's understood. Um, That's fine. Moving on, like a couple so- uh, couple songs in, it's it's about it's called the wisdom of Joseph, and it's just about, um, um, like about running away from uh, temptation.
we're all subject to it. And something that I heard about temptation once is that as soon as you feel like you're above it is when you're the most susceptible to it. Um, so I think about as a man, I, um, you know, it's, we're very like visual, like I'm a very visually motivated creature and I travel a lot for work and, you know, you see, um, really, I mean, and and honestly, like you, you see a lot of women Mm -hmm. and there is a temptation, but I know that up front and I, um, what we referenced was Proverbs five and I referenced, um, Joseph and Potiphar's wife and how he was able to just run away and physically remove himself from the situation, not put himself in bad situations, not justified like, ah, I'll be okay. It's knowing you're not going to be okay. You can't handle this. You think you're strong enough, but you're really not. So, you know, you, so instead of running away, like I, I have to turn away, um, and, and keep myself, um, you know, pure for, for myself, for my, for my family. Um, and that song like real, um, uh, really hits hard. I mean, like I listen to it and sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, like it's, it's weird that it came from me because it's, it speaks, it's like I'm speaking to myself. So that's kind of a lot of lyrical content. It's really rooted in in stuff like like that, and um, there are some what I, I guess you can call worship esque type songs on there too. Like very like, um, yeah, we'll 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 say that we we'll just leave it at that. I, I guess. Josh already sent me um, some of the stuff, and I streamed it the best I could with the awful cell signal that I have in some of my stops <laughs> in my job. But I noticed a little bit of a of a different angle. Like there's nothing new under the sun. Led Zeppelin said that in the '70s, and and but but once in a while you find something that forges forward. Somehow you guys did a little bit of that cynic vocoder <laughs> kind of a sound. And, but it, yeah. instead of doing the singing kind of ethereal Buddhist type of uh, background vocals, you put like total tough guy hardcore microphone in the crowd pit kind of thing through this like vocoder sounding thing. And I was like, damn, I don't think I've ever heard that before. 
I'm not saying it never happened. I'm saying I never heard it before. The story of the vocoder basically is, um, so Josh really likes Cynic. <laughs> really likes Cynic. Yeah, I picked up on that. Um, I, I don't want to say that I'm like, I'm definitely not as, as big a fan, but I like Cynic. Um, but Josh and I um, love Cynic. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got that. Yeah. So we got, we got the Cynic love in spades. Yes, we do. I, um, I've always liked voice acting and I like voice actors. Like I like Mark Hamill is an incredible voice actor, but my favorite voice actor is Frank Welker. And Frank Welker did a lot of eighties cartoons, including yes, Transformers. Who was he done? He was the, he was the voice of Megatron. He was the voice of Soundwave and Soundwave is my favorite Transformer. Yeah. And I was like, this, um, this has to be, I, I think this can be done (laughs) <laughs> in a different way than other metal bands have used vocoders. So, um, like right. Cynic has their way. Meshuggah used it on Catch Twenty or uh, Catch Thirty Three. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I want to kind of do it a little bit differently, um, where we're kind of combining our two. And I, that, that's what you know. I think what recording artists do, what what songwriters do, is they take all the things that they like. And they put it together and try to make something maybe a little new with it, a little different. And that's so that's kind of where the vocu- where the vocoder came from. Got it. We definitely didn't want to come in and say, "Oh, here's our cynic part," you know? <laughs> right, like, right, 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 right. I, I I hope I hope when people hear this record, they can tell who our musical heroes are. But I really deeply sincerely hope that they don't think that we are trying to mimic any of them. No, I, no, I take it that way. Right. When I was, when I was messaging back and forth with Josh, I was, I was <laughs> listening. He sent them to me later in the day. And at, at the end of my work day is when all my stops start to spread out because somebody else called in for an emergency. So there's dri- there's more drive time at the end of the day. And then I sit in more traffic behind more buses and I'm just like, oh, this, when is this day going to end? That's when Josh hit me with like, here's some new songs. So I had time to listen. And as I was messaging him, as I'm listening to it, yes, I was doing it while I was driving. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, okay, fine. I did it at red lights there, whatever. Um, I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I said, um, it kind of sounds like Transformers. It sounds like Soundwave popped a hardcore cassette into his chest and he's singing along to it. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the best way I can come well, up with that part. It just it just totally reminded me of like, I don't know. I mean, some people are going to be like, and then there's a part of me that kind of feels like, wow, that kind of connected to my childhood in a way too. It sounded so much like a robot. I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of Transformers and it made me smile. I don't mean that in a bad well, way. Yeah, I mean Soundwave was he was a very melodic yeah. robot. Yeah, he was auto-tuned um, before auto-tuned because his voice used to and, change. He used to drop down and stuff. I get it. Yeah, he was using um the Roland uh VP three thirty, I think. Um and I re- I, re- I want to get the new iteration of that so bad because it sounds so good. Nerds! 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 Um Frank Welker to me, I mean like he but he made that he made that character and he had, you know, I, I remember like listening to him and you can hear like he was very guttural, especially how he did Megatron. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I wonder if I took like the two and almost put them together. And so this is I mean, this is how my like when when we're thinking yeah. about what new bands we're going to come up with, like, uh, gosh, what was the other one? Like 
we have an okay before i even go there because that's going to take us way off track i think about how i can combine things and make it sound different okay. and um like yeah so there's like three vocoder tracks in there right? um there were i i oh. um i was able to narrow that down to just one because i sold the vocoder like we we're using this one vocoder that i it just it, n- it never seemed to fit oh that's right and Again, it being your baby, so to speak, your this recording being like, you know, we don't know. Um, like, we hope that we get to do more material. We're kind of like, this might be Custard, uh, Custer's last stand. And um, almost like Custard's last stand, which could also be another metal band. Um, Stop making bands. Focus on not beneath. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell that vocoder. I'm going to buy a different one. So I did. Okay. And, and ended up the right pick. And uh, we then we moved on. Got it. Um, so what's the plan? What's the plan for Napani in the future? We're going to put this record out. Beyond putting the record out, I, I think that we want to play shows. Uh, ah. The the problem in that is there's two of us, and uh, we need a couple more warm bodies to fill this one out. Yeah, at least a couple, so, two or three. So you know, we're kind of hoping that people dig it and, and that there's two or three guys that actually would like to play this with us and, you know. What area are you located in in Ohio, and what instruments would you guys need? This is a podcast. Who knows? Maybe some dude from Ohio is going to hear this, you know? So we're in Northeast Ohio. I'm in Canton. Uh, I'm about 50 minutes north um, and in a town near – I'll just say Macedonia okay? because it's a part of one big district. Okay. Uh, and I think if we were going to be looking for any – any musicians and, and this is just me because we haven't talked about this if it were me i would at least say um because i'd like to do bass okay um and then so another guitar player a drummer um and then if anything maybe another bass player and then i would i since i did vocals on on this uh effort i could just be a standalone vocalist if, if anything okay. i guess if i really had to i would learn how to play bass and sing at the same time okay. uh, which by the way people who play instruments and sing at the same time I'm super jealous of. Josh and Danny, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. And uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put all the linkages. Anybody in Northern Ohio, anybody who hears this and thinks they like it, contact these guys. 
Totally. Yes. If it makes if it makes logistical sense. Yes. How about yeah, yeah. Because we, I, I mean, I, I definitely, I'd love to play this out sometime. You know, it's uh, when was the last time you played out? When was the last time you did you did a show? Me? Yeah. Three weeks ago. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm so jealous of well, you. Well, I mean, I'm doing like I was playing like Bruno Mars covers. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still active, but yeah. It's been a couple years for me, and I'm like, it's it's something that kind of it just never leaves you. Yeah, like yeah. I I really 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 want to do shows. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do too. So yeah, if we can find a couple people who are you know willing and able, mm-hmm. um, we, we we'd love to make it happen. Um, but as of right now, um, we're just really glad that it's done. And we're really glad to be, um, to be, you know, to be doing this with you. Uh, really, it's 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 quite cool. It's really very cool. Cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I I'm I'm glad Josh and I have been friends as long as we have because this it all came full circle and here we are talking on on the show. So yeah, dude. It's pretty cool. Storygrows.com and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Special thanks to Brian Patton who helps me out with the interviews, scheduling, and editing of this show. Visit the Bandcamp link in the notes of this show for some free cover songs, some free tunes, and merch. If you like what you heard and would like to help, there's a Patreon link on every episode, or you can look for the dollar sign on the website for one-time donations. If you can't afford to donate, no problem. Tell a friend, and thank you so much for listening today. Take care. Bye-bye.